We'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter 13, I begin reading in verse number 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether, they'll be, whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the glorious time that we've had this morning worshiping you already and the preaching and teaching of, of your word, the singing of song, songs unto you and praying unto your name and praising you, God. It's, it's been wonderful to be in your house here this morning. And, and Father, we do thank you for the great love you have shown to the church and, uh, through Christ and, and the great wonderful things that you have prepared for us. And, Father, I pray now for the filling of your spirit to preach and teach that which you've laid on my heart from your word this morning. I pray for those in the nursery today for the filling of thy spirit there. Thank you for the word that's gone forth. The children's Sunday school hour, the adult Sunday school hour already. And Lord, how blessed we are to have the word of God, uh, to have a place to meet, uh, to have a local church here to, uh, to worship and to serve together and we're thankful for that, God. And, and now this morning, would you help us by your spirit uh, for the glory of your son, Father, that your church will be edified. We're thankful for those that are here with us uh, uh, online today. And Father, we pray that as your word goes forth, 
that souls would be saved, lives would be changed, Christians would be strengthened, dear God, and, and that you would be glorified. And Father, we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name, for his glory, amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right. The greatest of graces. I'll entitle the message this morning. And a uh, fitting message for Valentine's Day. Uh, day to show our love uh, to the ones that we love. Of course, isn't that true for every day? But uh, uh, we think of God's love for us and uh, God's blessings upon us and and how he makes a way for his love to show to show uh, uh, show through us, and uh, I'm thankful for that. Hopefully, you you know, did a little something for your love. My my wife who left me uh, some treats and a, and a nice card and and a rose, and she she put it where uh, where she hid it in open sight. She knew she put it where I, where I wouldn't find it. She. You put it in the vegetable drawer in the refrigerator. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she, uh, she hid it elsewhere, uh, but uh, told me where it was eventually. And this is a neat uh, little little rose here. I didn't notice this at first, but like, uh, and that, that's pretty cool. And I told her, she, she, she uh, let me know where it was today. I said, I could have used that yesterday morning when the power was out. <laughs> and uh, that would have worked good for that. By the way, in case my well ever goes dry too, I can do the search for the water thing, you know. And, uh, uh, but uh, pretty handy, huh? And uh, but uh, we show our love to one another, and I tell you, God sure has shown and continues to show His love toward us, hasn't He? And we rejoice uh, in in that today. And we want to. I already picked up my pointer here, and we uh, we uh, we want to. Uh, his love to flow through us and to show uh, that love to others. And uh, not only on Valentine's Day, but every day of the year. And uh, we can be thankful for those uh, that we love, for loved ones. And, and uh, I tell you, the world needs, needs the love of Christ. The world needs the love of God. And uh, we need, to, we need to, to show that to them uh, by God's grace. So we're calling the message this morning, The Greatest of Graces. Uh, and uh, and uh, first of all, we see, uh, uh, well, I'm not, I got a little bit to say here before I get into the message. Um, this letter here that the Apostle Paul writes, of course, the, uh, the first century Christians, there was a, you know, a lot going on there. As Paul writes this letter, he's, he's on his third missionary journey. He's in Ephesus writing this letter to the, this first letter of Corinthians and uh, to, the, to the Corinthians. And uh, it, uh, it's probably about 20, 25 years since the resurrection uh, and ascension of Christ. And according to the Apostle Paul's own writings here in this very letter, uh, most of the most of the uh, of the uh, fifty or so people that saw him ascend are still alive uh, at, at this time. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, struggles, a lot of trials, a lot of persecution. Uh, against the church and uh, yes the Jews rejected him but as brother Dennis pointed out this morning the Gentiles were in on it too amen it was the, it was the sinful world that rejected Christ and uh, and so it was difficult for the churches starting out they certainly uh, went through a lot of persecution and uh, and uh, there were great and wonderful things going on God was performing miracles uh, to uh, to establish that uh, what these apostles were were, were preaching 
uh, and teaching was indeed the word of God. He was, he was provided these miracles because they were saying and, uh, and, and teaching and preaching these things before they'd even written them down. And so that people would know uh, that this was God speaking to them. He, he allowed and gave uh, m- many miracles to happen. Uh, the Bible tells us about these miraculous gifts in Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils and shall speak with new tongues. Uh, they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Uh, so, uh, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and uh, confirming the word with signs following. So uh, many miracles God said he would do uh, to confirm that this word is indeed uh, the, wor- the word of God. And uh, uh, he, he mentioned about speaking in tongues. Well, we see that happening in Acts chapter 2. Uh, there at Pentecost, how they heard uh, uh, all that were there of different languages, heard the, the gospel message in their own language. Uh, he spake of, uh, of laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. In Acts chapter 3, uh, the, the multitudes were coming. Every, every one of them was getting healed. They began to bring so many people that, that, just, uh, that they could stick him in Peter's shadow as he, passed, as, as he passed by and they would be healed. There were those, those kind of things uh, going on there. Uh, in Acts chapter 5, uh, and uh, they, he, 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 he wrote there, in, Mark wrote there in Mark 16, 18, and they shall take up serpents. Uh, I, I think about the Apostle Paul when they got stranded on that island there and he went out to collect firewood, remember that? Well, one of those sticks uh, had some teeth and it was a viper and uh, Paul uh, unknowingly took up a serpent and what happened to him he just flung that thing off in the fire first they said oh he's a you know uh, he must be a thief he's gonna die surely and they waited and watched he didn't drop down dead and and then he flung the thing off into the fire and he was fine oh he's a god you know and uh, uh, but uh, there he uh, he took up that serpent and uh, didn't didn't hurt him you know there's another passage part of that says uh, if they shall drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them and I was wondering I think I wonder how many of those enemies of Christ slipped a little poison in their drink and, and, and we're watching and, and you know the disciple where the drinks it says oh that's pretty good give me another one <laughs> and uh, I, I'm, I'm just I'm just just wondering what, 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 what was involved in that but if they drink anything any deadly thing it, you know, it's not going to hurt them <laughs> who, who knows how that came through we see all the, the, other, the other ones coming through uh, certainly, certainly it did uh, but it's wonderful that God performed these miracles uh, to, con- to confirm uh, the word and uh, uh, but many of these uh, Signs and, and such uh, would pass away, uh, and, uh, and they're not the most important thing. First Corinthians 13, uh, uh, though I have all faith so that I could uh, remove mountains and have not charity, what? I am nothing. Judas could perform miracles, uh, but he didn't have faith. And, uh, and, and it's, without, it's and, it, without, without that charity, without, uh, without faith, uh, you know, we, it's, it's nothing. And uh, these gifts that, you know, that, 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 uh, that God gives. And the Bible talks about some gifts that he gave uh, here. Paul will mention some. He mentioned something in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the previous chapter. And remember, 
As Paul writes uh, this letter, he's in Ephesus on his third missionary journey, uh, and he mentions some gifts in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 uh, through 11. He says, uh, uh, the Spirit, uh, uh, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Uh, he mentions to another the word of knowledge, to another faith, uh, to another gifts of healing, to another working of miracles, uh, another prophecy, another di- di- discerning of spirits, divers kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. He gives a list, uh, he gives a list of, uh, uh, of gifts there. And uh, we have to consider that the Apostle Paul, as he gives this gifts, he may be uh, uh, con- writing to this church, and he is perhaps uh, addressing the time when the church started. The Holy Spirit what, gives gifts. And so they would know these gifts because these are gifts that they had seen in the church. And so they know what, they know what, Paul, they know what Paul is talking about there. Uh, if that is the case, and he's kind of addressing what their experience was when, he church, when, when the church started, he is addressing something that happened nearly four years ago uh, in, in, in the church there when the church started on his second missionary journey. Uh, in, in now, he continues his third missionary journey and eventually comes to Corinth. And from Corinth, he writes a letter to Rome. Now remember, uh, he is now four years later than his second missionary journey when he started that church in Corinth. Uh, And uh, now he writes a letter to the church at Rome, and he also mentions gifts. But they're a little different. Uh, We read in 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 Romans chapter 12, he he says, uh, uh, We're one body in Christ, we're members one of another, having gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. (laughs) Now, just about everyone, those gifts we would see today. Some uh, multiple ones in the former list, we would say that they are among those that have ceased today. Uh, and so we see that there's perhaps a four-year span there that, that, that where, the, where, the, where the Apostle Paul gives, is making reference to those gifts. It may be that some of those things are starting to cease. Uh, Bible, Bible, by the way, in, in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 13 there, he says, uh, what are they be, uh, verse 8, Charity never faileth. And that word has the idea of running out. Like, like streams in the desert that come down from the mountains and, and, and the snow melt in the spring. They, they fail. They eventually evaporate and fade away. They're gone. Uh, charity never faileth. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. They'll fade away. Uh, whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Same thing. They're going to fade away. Uh, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. The, the same thought is carried through there. They're, they're going to disappear. Why? Because they were there for a purpose to establish the church when they had no written word of God. They served a purpose. And, uh, and so God would remove them uh, when they were no longer needed. Uh, Stephen was a man full of faith and power and did great wonders and miracles among all the people. And of course, he was uh, preached before the Apostle Paul went out on any of his journeys and such. So all the gifts were going there. And Stephen did did many miracles and and those things. So uh, Paul, uh, writing to Rome, now he's finishing his third missionary journey. He's made the rounds around all the church again. And his list of gifts is a little different. Uh, than what he gave when he addressed when he when he addressed Corinth uh, Corinth 
whom he, which he had started a year or four years, four years earlier. But thank goodness, these gifts abide and these graces abide. Now abideth faith, hope, charity. But the greatest of these is charity. And uh, I like what uh, one, uh, uh, one uh, commentary said uh, on these gifts, this, the, the ones that now abide. He has now abideth. He says, we may, we may be de devotedly thankful for this. Sometimes we're prone to regret what we call the extraordinary gifts uh, of the church having ceased. Uh, but if instead of losing these, we had lost the others, uh, faith, hope, and charity, uh, he, he says, how infinitely impoverished we should have become. Isn't that the truth? Faith, hope, and love, charity. These are sufficient for all our present needs. He goes on, miraculous gifts cease, because it was best for them to cease. God always does what's best. Uh, they were suited to the infancy of the church, but the necessity of them, uh, for, but the necessity for them having passed away, they had disappeared. They needed to pass away. Uh, the, the, the spiritually miraculous gifts of faith, hope, and love abide evermore. As long as the church is in this world, we will have these, these graces. Amen. And we, we thank God. We thank God for that strength. We see some more signs in scriptures of, of perhaps some of these miraculous gifts fading away. Uh, when the apostle Paul, actually on this trip here, was ministering Ephesus, in Ephesus, uh, the Bible tells us in Acts 19, uh, uh, verses uh, 1 and 12, that special miracles were done by the hand, but for Paul. Uh, they would take handkerchiefs from his body and people were healed and stuff. Special miracles well, where was the gift of healing? Did nobody have the gift of healing then? For some reason, on Paul's missionary journey, uh, Paul was performing what the Bible calls special miracles. Uh, we don't read anything about, anything about a gift of handkerchiefs, okay? Uh, that, 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 that wasn't one of the gifts. God was doing something exceptional there, something different. And so we see this perhaps fading away. And uh, uh, the apostle Paul, when he writes to Timothy... Even later on in his ministry, uh, he writes in 2 Timothy 4.20, Trophimus have I left at my lead. I'm sick. And uh, we study that passage and we see that that seems to be some travels that the apostle made in between his two imprisonments. The details surrounding that, that, that comment there don't fit any of his missionary journeys. So uh, on, on some journey, he left Trophimus at my lead, at my, at my lead I'm sick. Well, all those people that Paul healed, didn't anybody have the gift of healing? Well, he was just sick, and he left there. There's plenty of evidence of the gifts, of, of those miraculous gifts beginning to fade away. And, uh, and uh, we believe uh, that, uh, that many of them have ceased, even as God has said. We don't see the, uh, I've heard some testimonies uh, of, of, the, uh, of tongues being, being done in a, in a scriptural way. And if it's done in a scriptural way, what are you going to say? All I can say is this, I've never seen it. And I've never heard it. Uh, uh, I've never, never, never experienced it. Many of the tongues movements are against what the Bible says. Uh, you know, the Bible says uh, at one at a time. The Bible says no more than two or three during a service. The Bible says women are not to speak uh, tongues in the church. And most of the tongues movements are what? Doing all of those things. The Bible says there has to be inter one interpreting. And, and uh, uh, I've, I've heard tell that's happened scripturally uh, places. I haven't witnessed it myself. Uh, we know that most of what we see and witness certainly isn't, isn't, uh, isn't according to the Bible. 
Thank God we have these these greatest of graces uh, uh, that are with us today yet. Faith, hope, and charity. We'll talk about these for a little while this morning. First of all, uh, we see that through faith we are changed. In Romans 1.16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, uh, and also uh, to the Greek. So thank God for that. God loves us so much that he made salvation what? Available, available by faith. See, through faith we are changed. What do you mean changed, uh, preacher? Well, John 3, 3. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See, that change of salvation is talking about being born again, talking about becoming a Christian. And that's what Jesus was talking about. Well, Nicodemus says, well, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? What was Jesus' answer? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, the physical birth, and of the spirit, the spiritual birth, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so Jesus uh, reaffirms what he meant there. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, the physical birth, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit, the spiritual birth. So if you're not born a spiritual birth, you, you can't see the kingdom of God. And, uh, and by the way, uh, uh, can't see the kingdom of God means you won't, get, you won't experience the kingdom of God. You won't be there. You won't be saved unless you're born again, is what he's saying there. And the context, uh, the context de- de- uh, defines that. And so that, that change has come, what, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that, Jesus, that God made it by faith? Why did he do that? Because of his love for us. Because of his love for us. What does Romans 4.16 tell us? Therefore, it is of faith. What? Salvation, eternal life. That it might be by grace. Because faith has nothing to do with works. You see, Romans teaches that our works fall short. Nobody deserves heaven by, because they've been a good enough person. Because everyone has either sinned against the law of God, uh, written uh, in, in, in the word of God, or they have sinned against the law of God, written in their conscience, one or the other. And so nobody gets, uh, uh, gets to heaven because, uh, b- by, doing, by doing good things. He wants that it might be by grace, to the end the promise, what's that? The promise of eternal life. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. See, God wanted us to be sure that, w- that when you got saved, you knew you were saved. He wanted to somebody to know that when they got eternal life, he wanted them to know that, they, that their eternal life was secure. You see, the Bible teaches over and over again eternal security. And uh, it is God who does the saving. Amen. He's the, uh, Christ is the author, what? And finisher of our faith. And, uh, and, and God wanted us to, he, he, he loved us, wanted us to know that. You know, what do we say in marriage vows? You know, till death do us part. Uh, some, some people's faith, uh, they, they, they made a great, greater commitment to each other than they believe God made to them. Uh, you know, they're going to stay, they're going to love to the death, but, uh, but, 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 if, but if, they, if they step out against their God, he's going he's to cast them into hell. If they mess up somewhere, that's a sad thing that God never intended for us to believe. Uh, God loves us. Oh, he has ways to make us walk, walk, the, walk the narrow road, doesn't he? Uh, but it's always spearheaded with love, isn't it? Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and love will do the difficult things. Uh, love will work in that way. Uh, 
And now, being saved, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, this word of God right here, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. As we read this blessed word, we learn about Jesus Christ and how he handled things and what he taught and how he, uh, the, the, the word that he gave his disciples, what they've written down in the apostles. We, we see more and more who Christ is and how he is and how his character. And, uh, and God begins to work that in us because when we see Christ, we, what he, when we see who Christ is, we see who we're not. Don't we? and, and the Holy Spirit begins to convict. God shows us he wants us to be more like his son. And by the way, he wants to make us more like his son. He's the one that does that work in us. Uh, praise God for that. You know, the greatest things in life are invisible. There are things that we can't grab with our physical hands. And, and they, by the way, are the true riches. These things, faith, hope, hope and love, you, you can't grab a hold of that. We grab a hold of things, what? By faith in our hearts. Vis invisible things. And, uh, and thank God for showing us to them. Through faith in the word of God, we are changed into, the ch into, the, into children of God. And through faith in the word of God, we are being changed in the image of God. And what, what a blessing. What a blessing. And uh, faith unites us to Christ. Uh, why? Because God wanted to make sure that we could be sure our salvation uh, was sure. He wanted to make sure that once he saved us, we'd know we could, that we could never lose that salvation. Because all we had to do was, use, was, was, was step out and use the faith that God gave us. And by the way, everyone has that. Uh, an interesting study, won't do it this morning, but that Bible word faith is the Bible word pistuo or trust. And when God tells someone to, have, to believe, he's expecting them to use the same trust they would use on anything else. When you step onto an airplane, having never seen that pilot, you are trusting that pilot. You are trusting that he's going to get you from point A to point B. And uh, you do a study in the Bible, you'll find that's the faith that God's talking about, that kind of trust. Because it talks about rich men. How hardly it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. How hardly it is for what? They who trusted riches. Why? Because when we take that trust, which we all can do, and we get rich, what, what do we tend to trust in? That trust that we all have, we tend to trust in the stuff that we have, don't we? That's exactly what Jesus was talking about. When you get rich, you tend to trust in your riches. You take that trust that you can trust in something else, uh, uh, and you trust in your riches. But... You're not, you're not left to that uh, by the grace of God as he draws you. Even a rich man, what? Uh, can trust God. And I believe it even becomes hard for a rich man to say no to God when, 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 when he's drawing. And, uh, but it's that blessed faith. Colossians 2.5. Paul rejoiced, drawing and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. He wants us to be rooted and built up and established in the faith. Thank God uh, that we have faith. And that through faith we become children of God. Through faith we're conformed into the image of God. The African and Pala can jump to a height of over 10 feet and over a distance of greater than 30 feet. Yet these magnificent creatures can be kept in an enclosure in any zoo with a three foot wall. Why is that? The animals will not jump if they cannot see where their feet will fall. Faith is the ability to trust what we cannot see. And with faith, we are freed from the flimsy enclosures of life that only fear allows to entrap us. I love that illustration. Uh, and uh, uh, 
J.C. Machen uh, uh, writes this. He says, the more we know of God, the more unreservedly we will trust him. The greater our progress in theology, the simpler and more childlike will be our faith. I like that. I like that. And uh, that faith uh, that God wants us just to put in him. God says, you take that faith I've given you, whatever it is, you put that in my son, and I will finish that work in you. And uh, what a wonderful thing that you'll not have to go to a place the Bible calls hell. Uh, turning, from your heart in your, uh, turning from your sin in your heart, trusting Jesus Christ, you'll be born again. Uh, and not trusting in your own works, trusting only what Jesus did, putting your faith in that, who he is and what he's done. Uh, faith through faith. Uh, thank God we are changed. And then through, through, uh, through hope, through hope, secondly, through hope we are cheered. <laughs> through hope uh, we are cheered. Uh, in Romans 15, 4, for what things uh, were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. We were talked about how difficult that, that first century church had it. And boy, I tell you, they needed hope. They needed hope. Uh, but we all need hope. Uh, listen, our, trial, our, our trials are big to us. <laughs> and our trials can overcome us. If we, if, they may not be the trials that they faced, but they'll still overcome us if we don't trust in the Lord. Amen. Uh, there's nothing that we, uh, we, that we should endeavor to handle without him. Uh, we want him to guide us and strengthen us through all of our trials. Uh, and so God gives us hope. We have hope in the promises of God. I was noting God must have, uh, have the, uh, uh, wanted to drill this lesson in a little bit more for us this morning because Brother Dennis used multiple verses that I'm using this morning. I, he would say another one. I said, oh, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one in the lesson. Uh, God's wanting to tell us something here. And uh, Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, what? To them who are the called according to his purpose. Now there is a promise, brethren. <laughs> There is a promise. All things. I've been, I've been through some things that I, I tell you, I, I couldn't see how they were going to work for good. And you know what? They worked out good that I couldn't have imagined. They worked out good that I couldn't have imagined. Some of the things that were worst, God used for the best. God is orchestrating that. Amen. I'm glad we bow to a God like that. Uh, that, that is a God who loves us. Who loves us. And, uh, and, uh, and is looking out for us. Psalm 42, 11. Uh, David says, Why art thou cast down in my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. David says, You look on my face, you see hope. That's my God. <laughs> my countenance. You, you see that I, that I haven't uh, given up in spirit. You see that, that, that I'm looking for some good to come of this. That's my God. He's the health of my countenance. That's because I'm looking to him. That's because we're looking to Jesus Christ, uh, to God, uh, to, uh, 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 to, to, to show us the way, uh, to, to bring the good out of, out of uh, whatever it is he's initiated or allowed in our lives, whatever it might be. I think about Jeremiah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm uh, uh, finishing up that in his, Jeremiah again in my personal devotions. And I tell you, uh, what a challenge. What a challenge to godliness, uh, Jeremiah. Imagine what he saw. His, his city, his, his, his beloved city, 
literally being starved out, being starved to death. People becoming like sticks and blackened in the streets from the sun and, and, and the poverty and, and starving to death and such. Uh, and then being taken away into captivity. His, his beloved uh, 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 Jewish family rejecting him and all that he said the whole time that he preached. Being thrown into a dungeon himself, being so emaciated that they were worried about the, the, the cloths they let down, tearing his arms and stuff as they, as they pulled him out of a dungeon. What an amazing thing. And then he writes what? In Lamin, Lamin, Lamentations 3.18, And I said, My strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. What hope do I have? Let me tell you something. If anybody ever had a right to say that, it was Jeremiah. <laughs> what hope do I have? But he didn't stop there. He said, he said, my soul, he says, remembering my affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. He says, my soul hath them still in remembrance. He's still remembering this. All that he witnessed with his eyes take place. All the death all the, all, all the blasphemy and the forsaking of God, all the, the murder and the violence, he's, it's all replaying. Still in remembrance, it's, it's humbled in me. This I recall to mind, therefore, therefore, I have, therefore have I hope. It is, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. He realized that because of as often as his people, as bad as that was, God, they deserved worse. God didn't have to spare the nation. He only spared them because he chose to. Because he chose to. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. By the way, did Jeremiah ever lose him? No. God was with him all the way. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. And God took care of Jeremiah. Through all of that. Even uh, through, even, uh, through his, his captivity. And in, in, uh, being taken by some of the Jews into Egypt and such. And, and uh, uh, God took care of Jeremiah. Romans 12, 12. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant prayer. We heard that one this morning already too. Uh, rejoicing in that hope that God, that God gives. Peter says, gird up the loins of your mind. First Peter uh, 1 Peter uh, 1.13. Uh, Peter says, and, uh, <clears throat> and be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know what God's doing? He's pouring out grace on us. You know what God decided to do when he established the church? He says, I'm going to bless those people. And by the way, he's not talking about the material blessings that fade away. He's not talking about the things that rust corrupt and thieves break through and steal. God's talking about the good stuff. The real stuff. The lasting stuff. The eternal stuff. The stuff that we don't see up front with our eyes, but that we see what with faith. With the eyes of faith. And that we rest on with that believing hope. He says, hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I, we've received a lot of grace from Jesus already, haven't we? Oh, the grace that we've received. But brethren, the best, the best is yet to come. Can you imagine when that sudden appearing comes? 
Wow. You're alive, new body. After the dead, come up and get theirs. And for, oh, so shall we ever be with the Lord. In his image, that's yet to come. And by the way, it comes by grace. We don't deserve it. We don't earn that. It's guaranteed. It's an inheritance to all those who are in Christ. Amen. And it's guaranteed. God wanted us to have that assurance. That's why, that's, why he put, that's why he wrote so much about it in the word of God. He wanted us to have that assurance, that knowledge, that hope. that can't be taken away. It can't be taken away. Hope brightens the present by brightening the future. In distress, we have hope of deliverance. In sickness, of restoration or translation to the painless life. In sin, we have hope of holiness. In sorrow, we have hope of joy. In this world, we have hope of heaven. Without hope, how could we live? And the Christian's hope is the brightest and the most joy-giving hope uh, that we can imagine. Faith, hope, hope. Jesus said, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live what? Ye shall live also. That, that, that's amazing. That thrills my soul. <laughs> oh my goodness. I got some Baptocostal goosebumps there. <laughs> that, that thrills. Picture him coming out of the grave. You know what Jesus is saying? See this? This is for you. Because I live, you shall live also. You're going to get an immortal body just like he has and like he put on. Amen. And so am I. If you're a believer. Because I live, you shall live also. This is coming for you, he says. My church. This is coming for you. It's, it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. Praise God. That great, that great hope. What will we do without hope? A number of years ago, researchers performed an experiment to see the effect of hope has on those undergoing hardships. Two sets of laboratory rats were placed in separate tubs of water. The researchers left one set in the water and found that within an hour they had all drowned. The other rats were periodically lifted out of the water and then returned. When that happened, the second set of rats swam for over 24 hours. Why? Not because they were given rest, but because they suddenly had hope. That hand might reach down again and pull me out. They somehow hoped that if they could just stay afloat a little longer, that hand might reach down one more time and pull me out. Uh, listen, folks, if that has the effect on a rat, what, what ought the promises of God have, have effect on us? Amen. Have that hope that we give, that, that, that God gives to us as we trust his promises, you know, as, we, as we serve him. Through hope, we are cheered in this Christian life. Because we know God's going to do something with whatever he's allowed in our lives. And we thank God for that. And then thirdly and finally, uh, through charity, we are channels. Through charity, we are channels. Uh, he says, uh, but the greatest of these, but the greatest of these is charity. Is charity. In 1 John chapter 4. In verse 8, the scripture says, uh, By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have what? Love one to another. If you have love one to another. I think about that. And uh, uh, 
You know, the Bible doesn't say God is faith. The Bible doesn't say God is hope. But the Bible does say God is love. And uh, uh, charity, we become channels of God's love. We are recipients of it. First, God gives it to us. It works in us uh, and to us. And then it is his desire what? that that same love and power work through us to others uh, to, minister, uh, to minister to them. <clears throat> I think about that. Charity. Charity is the banner. Charity is the banner of the brethren. By this shall all men know you, my disciples, if you love one to another. What does Song of Solomon tell us in chapter 2, verse 4? He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was what? Love. The Shunammite picturing the church there, Solomon picturing, picturing Christ. And she says, his banner over me was love. And I tell you, if anybody can say it today, the church of Jesus Christ can say it, amen. His banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. And uh, thank God for that. Thank God for that. Charity, this overflowing of His Spirit in our hearts as we yield to Him, uh, as we do His will. Uh, John 7, 38, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of His belly shall flow rivers of living water. I got life from God. <laughs> Amen. I continue to get life from God. That is truth that I can yield to to experience the things that God's Spirit has for me, and so do you. And you know what? We share that life with others when we what? When we share the life-giving word, amen? Uh, how can you believe in Jesus? You believe in Jesus by learning the word, by what the word says about him. Uh, how do you grow in Jesus? You learn about what the word says about growing in Jesus. How to trust, how to pray, what promises to claim. All of these things. And thank God, uh, thank God for that. The psalmist uh, David said in that blessed shepherd song, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup, what? Runneth over. <laughs> my cup runneth over. And I know in my life, I confess that my cup is run over because of the blessings of God upon me. Sometimes it amazes me what God has done for me in salvation. And I think about who he is. And I read continually in the Bible about what he went through. What he suffered. And, uh, and don't ever let that get, don't ever let that get uh, common. Don't ever let that, that, that get common, brethren. Uh, don't ever get over that. Uh, that love that Jesus has for us. In Colossians chapter 3. Uh, and uh, in, uh, in verse 14, we are told what? Above all these things, put, uh, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Charity runs through it all. Brother Brian was teaching his lesson. It, connect, it connects it all. I think of the, of the, uh, 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 of, of the tabernacle when, when it was put together there in the wilderness. And, and they had the tent around the outside. But, but the Holy of Holies, they had another little structure inside that was put together of boards and such. And, uh, and, uh, and along the walls of that board, they, they, ran, they ran bars uh, through, uh, through channels that connected those boards together. Charity is the bar that runs through all the things of the Christian life we do that, may, that helps us stand strong and firm uh, as a wall for Christ not being moved and uh, charity uh, is, is that bond is, is that bond uh, of, per, of perfectness in Ephesians 2 and verse 4 speaking of God's love to the church God who is rich in mercy 
for his great love wherewith he loved us. What? Even we were dead in sin, that quickened us together with Christ by grace uh, are you saved. And why do you do this? Listen to this. We're talking about grace to come. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. The best is yet to come, brethren. There's the resurrection. There's the adoption of that new body. Uh, there's that, 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 that fullness uh, of the image of Christ. There's that, 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 that fullness of joy in his presence. Oh my goodness. All that. All that is yet to come. By the way, love is the, is the fulfilling of the law, isn't it? You say, well, what is this, Cherry? What is God's love? It's the keeping of the law. It's the obeying of the commands. You say, well, where are you taking us, preacher? Wait a minute. Didn't God put all the commands in two commands? And what were they? Thou shalt what? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what? Thou shalt what? Love thy neighbor as thyself. What, what's the problem? What's charity? Charity is love. And God says, now go do it. And as we want to love the world, the commandments of God show us how. And as we want to love God, the commandments of God show us how. Amen. And so we go there. And, uh, and, we, and we learn of those things. And we learn to love uh, in, in the true way, in the only true way, the, the holy way of, of, of the, God who, the God who is loved. Jesus said in John 15, 9, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue, in my, continue ye in my love. If ye, keep, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And uh, uh, Jesus uh, loved us and so he obeyed the Father's commandments for us. Uh, he, wasn't, he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't trying to find favor with God. He is God. Amen. And uh, uh, he kept those commandments for us. Yes, he loved the Father. But he was keeping those commandments uh, for us. And in his love, and in his love, and in his love to the Father uh, as well. But love is the fulfilling of the law. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. You see, love will drive you to do more than the law tells you to do. <laughs> Uh, love will, 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 drive, will drive you to loving acts that aren't even written uh, in, in the Bible. The Spirit will drive us to that. And thank God for that. Uh, that, love, that, love that, God, that love that God gives. <clears throat> Amen. Love. During the 17th century, Oliver Cromwell, Lord, Lord Protector of England, sentenced a soldier to be shot for his crimes. The execution was to take place at the ringing of the, of the evening curfew bell. However, the bell didn't sound. The soldier's fiancée had climbed into the belfry and clung to the great clapper of the bell to prevent it from striking. When she, summoned, when she was summoned by Cromwell, to account for her actions, she wept as she showed him her bruised and bleeding hands. Cromwell's heart was touched and he said, he said, your love shall live because of your sacrifice. Curfew shall not ring tonight. And I want you to know that we live because of Jesus' sacrifice. Because of Jesus' sacrifice. Uh, the love of God, the love of God. I'm looking forward to teaching the lesson on Jonah tonight. I was meditating upon that week and studying that this week. Jonah saw the grace of God. Jonah, 
That Old Testament God, he, he's so harsh. Oh, I'm not going to teach it this morning. Don't worry. But I can't wait. I just want to share it. It's a blessing. You see, God's been the same, isn't he? We saw that again this morning. He doesn't change, does he? By the way, he's perfect. If he changed, he wouldn't be, right? And, uh, and so we thank God for his love to us in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And Father, I thank you that I am so loved by you. And I don't ever want to get over that. And Father, every one of us who knows you and been saved, we can say that. We can be like the Apostle John. We are the disciple whom Jesus loved. Without exception. I thank you for your love to us in Christ. And I pray that we would be driven to a fervor of service and love to you and love to others, God while we look uh, for, for your appearing. And it'll only happen by your spirit and by your word. And as we seek the glory of Christ and the good of others, Lord, we thank you on Valentine's Day for the love that you've spilt on us. Help us to love those that are around us, Lord, and to glorify your name in that. And help us to be careful to thank you and praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen.